Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello and welcome to the Friday Special, a podcast by Guitar Nerds. Now, for 2020, the Friday Special series will be running every week, and each week um, well, we'll have a new guest from the world of guitars, amplification, effects pedals, we'll have brands, producers, and musicians. So hooray, because for 2020 you get double the Guitar Nerds content, and it's all thanks to me. And speaking of me, I am your host Joe Branton, and this week I'm joined by Mark Packham. Hello there. And Ben Court, the mastermind behind Joe Doe Guitars. Hello, Ben. Hello, Joe. Hello, Mark. How are you both? Yes. Yeah, good. Good. Are, oh, always oh, good. And it is wonderful to have you on the podcast. Obviously, we've been speaking about you know your guitars for, I don't know, like a couple of years, probably maybe longer now. So it's, it's fantastic to have you on the podcast. And, and of course, it's such a timely time because... You're going from uh, oh, timely time. I'm going to reuse that uh, because you know you're going from like just custom shop options to something that that everyone can uh, you know afford and uh, and and also is accessible everywhere, which is uh, which is really super cool. But I guess we should start off um, for for listeners talking about you know the what Jodo Guitars is because I guess Mark, you and me, we first first met Ben and saw Jodo Guitars. And talked about them on a, a roundup of would it have been the Birmingham Guitar Show or would it have been lit, uh, London I, I think International? It was, I think it was London International first time. What three years ago, Ben? Something That's like that. Right, yeah. Twenty yeah. was it twenty seventeen? That is three years, isn't it? Uh, it is, yeah. Oh Believe it or not, yeah. it seems like a whole lot has happened in that time. But yeah, it was only three years ago. Yeah. Yes, that's the first time we met. That was my first um, guitar show. Right. That that would make sense because, of course. Because the guitars are so obviously, like at a guitar show, Jodo guitars are absolutely one of the brands people are going to talk about because they're so, so unique. So I guess it makes sense that that was the first time we'd kind of become aware of them. And Mark, you especially, it was it was one of your favourite things at the show because I think, I, I don't think I'd seen too many of them because that year I was running the, the GAC stand and uh, they were kind of all you were talking about on the podcast episode we did afterwards. Yeah, I think uh, Jay and I were out and about trying to find the new hot thing, uh, and uh, yeah, it's you know the the look of the guitars obviously draws you in. Ben, do you want to just talk about like how far that show was, like after you started, and and also kind of the origins of of the brand and and you as a as a luthier? We could, yeah. Um, so 
humble beginnings. I guess I started tinkering with guitars as a teenager, as most of us do, and that would have been um, 30 years ago. Um, and I've always loved guitars, always loved guitars, um, always wanted to make them and design them. Um, and that only kind of became something serious about three years ago, actually, um, uh, for various reasons. I just kind of wanted to... My basic job as a writer, uh, which is a wonderful job, is very creative, but I've always wanted to channel that into something else as well. So I suddenly thought, well, guitars would be quite nice. I've always tinkered, so why not make it more uh, more of a thing? Just just purely enjoyment and then pure pleasure, and that's still what I do now, um, which is why it's a bit surprising. It's gotten a little bit bigger than I would have imagined. <laughs> and I'm comfortable with in some ways because I still do it purely for fun. So um, that's how it started. So the summer of 2017, I just thought I'd like to make some guitars based on stories because that's what I do during the day uh, and combine that with um, Ludery in the evenings and weekends. And so when we met at the guitar show. That was my first run of um, guitars that I'd made with um, with uh, the stories inside them, which was very nerve-wracking, I'll be honest. That's and that's that's the unique thing about Jojo guitars. The fact that yeah, as a writer, you've you've actually you've not just made guitars as an addition. You've blended the the story, so you've fabricated a plot line for every one of the guitars and built it off the back of that. Which is it sounds yeah, just, it makes sense to me. But I, th- I think because I like all the iconic guitars of all the stories behind the guitars, like BB King's Lucy or Billy Gibbons' Pearly Gates. Those stories uh, they, they add so much weight to the guitar. Um, and these these guitars become holy relics just because of the, their backstory, really. So I wanted to kind of combine the two myself, which is um, basically making signature guitars for people who don't exist, um, and just having fun with it. And it's it's still it has become a serious endeavour, but to me, I'm just having fun. I'm actually working on some more now for um, for next year for JHS, and it's just a joy to sit down and, and imagine. Who would have a guitar like this? And what would it look like? And what would they do with it? And do you know what I mean? Those are just it's a it's it's a dream to do uh, eight of those again, really, which is um that, that's that's fantastic. That's incredible that there'd be an another eight because you know, we get I I had an idea of this podcast sort of going, you know, in, in a quite linear fashion through all the things of Joe Doe, but we we've obviously just jumped ahead to the JHS stuff. It is mad. That the the and and for listener the JHS guitars that we're we're talking about are the ones that are released under the Jodo brand, but as a part of uh, of, of I guess JHS, which is vintage guitars, vintage the guitar brand. But it's when I heard that you were doing that, I I assumed well you know there will be it will be a Jodo guitar, two Jodo guitars, but it was it was eight. I know. <laughs> such, Maybe there's such a. I should do one, gu- amount. one guitar, eight colours would be easier. <laughs> yeah, but, um, yeah, exactly. But it's like, you know, it's a blank page and, and the, the people I work with at JHS, Dennis and Paul, they just, they just, they do what you do. Do you know what I mean? They don't, and they can do anything. So it's just like, oh my God. Wow. Yeah. This yeah. is amazing. And there's no, there's no breaks to anything I'm doing. There's no bound. There are a few production issues. You can't do certain things just because they have to be but- made in a factory. So it's relatively limitless. I mean, you've done things like, um, you know, there's text down the back of the actual neck. You know, that's yes. something that I would expect to happen at an extreme custom shop level. Um, you know, yeah. the, the inlay work has been incredibly, like, you know, expansive and different on on each model. That's very true. I mean, with the one that, when I do my custom builds, there's much more detail um, that goes into them. And obviously, they're, they're always relics. Of course. And they have 
intricate laser cutting and blah, blah, blah. But it's difficult to replicate everything on a factory level. Um, but it's still as much fun to just draw them at home and then someone makes them and I look at the prototypes and go, yeah, it's really good. It's, well, it's, yeah, um, I mean, there's a there's a cactus F-hole on, on one. Yes. On a production model that you can buy with a tweed hard case for about 700 quid. It's out, this outrageous amount of customization. It's very strange. I've always been a... Because one of my... Again, I had one of my dreams come true when I went to NAM this year, which was for years I'd always wanted to go there just to see the Fender Master Builds, just to see what they're up to, really, because I love that level of um, detail and, and the creativity involved in that. And always been slightly envious looking at those guitars going, God, I'd love to do those. So to actually have my own, in no way, on a master built level, but just to be able to present stuff that's, um, you know, come from a, I don't know, just come from a creative place was just, it was overwhelming. It was really overwhelming. So one yeah. thing, um, one thing that I, I don't think uh, you guys have covered so far is that obviously the step from kind of, and we've talked about this on the regular podcast, but for people that don't listen to it, it's probably worth explaining that you've gone from making these, you know, one-off pieces that are, uh, uh, you know, each have their own individual story and they're they're unique pieces. You know, you're not going to get another one of the. Uh, you know, the Sister Rosetta Tharp guitar, for example, that is the one, or the uh, Apollo Moon Landing inspired guitar and, and, and things like that. How did you make the jump? How did you connect with um, uh, with the team to, to bring these to a, a kind of more of a mass build? Oh, that was, yeah, that was a guitar show 2018 when um, uh, I didn't know who Dennis was, but Dennis was looking across the guitars scratching his chin, going, hmm, what are these? And he really liked them, but he didn't really have a clue what was going on because he thought they were real guitars. Um, so I explained yeah. to him, no, 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 they're all kind of based on a story. And he just loved the idea. And, and after that, we spoke and he asked if I'd um, do a range for vintage. Um, and I said, mm, well, of course. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, and, that, and they're just, I don't know, they're wonderful people to work with. They've got wonderful factories. Um, the production is, it's it makes you weep when you play one of their guitars. You know, if you just cover the headstock, it's just, oh, why would you spend thousands on a guitar? It's it's, it's <laughs> sure. incredible, which is obviously most Far Eastern guitars now are such a standard. Um, yeah. It's and so how, how, long was that pro- how, how long was that process taken then from, you know, well, meeting that, at the show in 2018 to you coming up with the ideas to them, I assume, doing prototypes and, and you seeing yeah. them to them being in stores? Yeah, so we met, uh, was it late 2018 was when we had the guitar show. And then I was talking to Dennis early 2019 um, and popping up and down to Leeds, showing them ideas. Um, and then it was basically just getting them drawn as fast as possible because because it takes a while to have the prototypes made. Um, they kind of come back and forth from the factory. Um, ideally, we wanted to have them released for Christmas, um, but there just wasn't the time to do that. So hence we, we launched the, the NAM show. Um, so it's fascinating how it all works on a production level because normally it's just myself in the shed, you know, and a swearing and um, blustering around with tools. But when you get at a level where it's a production, a guitar-making company with factories, it becomes quite... Um, it, it's amazing, really, how it all works. And it's all... It's all so professional <laughs> compared yeah. to what I do in my shed. But that's Has, Have you... Has anyone sort of found their way to you through the vintage stuff and, you know, learned about the brand story and then, you know, talked about one of your custom builds, for example? Yeah, yes, yes. But I still don't think of, I'm not, I don't do any custom orders. Um, no, no. 
because I have to explain because because my job is is such that um, I we get lots of notes when we're writing scripts um, and we deal with you know lots of people. It's really nice to hear opinions, but for the guitars, it's just I don't want to um, I don't want to listen to anybody. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> because it's it's just for the fun of it. Do you know? So as long as I can just keep doing that, then it's um, it's just exciting. That's so, great. Most, most custom because they just they just leave me alone, which is fantastic. That is good. Most uh, most custom builders kind of uh, the the sales tack for them tends to be the amount that you can customize one of their models. Um, yeah. So I love that yours is actually completely the opposite. Yeah. It's, <laughs> you you can't do it at all. This is what I've got. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'm happy with that because as soon as I've made a guitar, I'm done with it. It's like okay, fine. Right. On to the next one. It's it's just about enjoying the process, really. Um, how much right. how much kind of bleed over is there from things that you're perhaps researching for a script for example that then you know that maybe generates an idea for one of the custom builds oh that's interesting well because we write myself and my wife uh just to explain we've been like a screenwriting partnership for 25 years now we normally do either yeah psychological thrillers or horror so i'm not there was one shining guitar i quite like the idea of um yeah but because the pattern design of the, the carpets in the Overlook Hotel, that belongs to somebody. So I couldn't just take that because, I, again, all the artwork on my guitars I do. I don't, you know, I design everything. Um, so uh, I'm trying to think what the answer to that question would be. So it hasn't, nothing work-wise has bled into the guitar world other than wanting to create characters. Yeah. One one thing that's always been, well, I guess more than once has been um, a, a common theme seems to be the sort of the evil Knievel style uh, thing because you, yes. you've, you've introduced that in, in more than one area because you've done the Daredevil. Yes. And then I guess you've got the uh, the the lucky Betty, which isn't you know, which is kind of you know a, a, along a, a similar line, and yes. then you've got the. Uh, I want to talk about the acoustic that you've got coming as well. The uh, the tumbling cowboys, mm. which is a similar plot again, and and I guess there's yes. there's others as well. That's all. Yeah, you're right. It's all kind of my favourite movies um, or the process of movie making. So um, certainly stuntmen. I've always been fascinated by stuntmen, and definitely Evil Knievel. Um, which I, yeah, so my favorite bits of television are watching him jump over the Grand Canyon in the rocket car <laughs> and things like that. And just incidentally, the guitar, the person who bought that Evil Knievel guitar was um, a guy who'd met Evil Knievel. Oh, um, wow. And Evil Knievel was sitting at a bar and um, some guys were saying, oh, your stunts go wrong. So Evil Knievel asked to fight them outside the bar. <laughs> and this guy who bought my guitar stood outside with Evil Knievel to defend him. That's amazing. So, brilliant. Just and when that happens, you just have that, oh, it's so great. Those things are just amazing when they happen because it adds another level onto the guitar that already has a, a story to it. So now you need to be, build a signature model for the guy who stood outside to defend Evil Knievel uh, when he <laughs> yes. was in a bar fight. <laughs> yes, exactly. So well, I, I love, I mean, my guitars do lean towards Americana quite a bit in terms of characters. I'm a little bit guilty of that, of doing, yes, that- American stuntmen, American cowboys. That is definitely the the running theme I would, I would suggest in the guitars. Even the stuff that you're making with vintage, you know, it's the very much the kind of stories are classic Americana. Um, I guess the only one that probably leans heavily on kind of British folklore almost is like the um, uh, the Airfix guitar. Oh yes, that's right. 
That's the only one I can think of. I mean, you correct me if I'm wrong, but that's the only one I can think of that really seems to have strong British roots. No, you're right. Which which is the airfix one? It's the um, what do I call it now? Um, oh my lord! It's the based on uh, airfix model kits. So it's got the um, the scratch plate that's like a broken down um, Spitfire kit. Oh, I remember this. Yeah, it's, it's uh, so I've done it in Spitfire. Yes, that was a, a nightmare to do because, um, oh, yes, I wanted to do real detailed decal work because you get, when you buy an FX model kit, you get the decals to stick on your plane. Um, and so I've recreated a lot of those on the guitar. Um, but the problem is it couldn't, it wasn't working with some of the nitro I was using. Um, and I wanted to do the camouflage top like they have on the Spitfires, where it's like a green and brown. And so I tried many, many different things. And in the end, I basically just relicked it. So the green paint remains, but the brown is the wood underneath. So I relicked it into a camouflage pattern. Ah, right. um, I, so, uh, and those I, things just, oh yeah, and the binding is done because the binding on a Spitfire is yellow with touches of red. So I was on the binding. Um, and too much detail. I mean, I'd, the days I spent drawing the Spitfire model kit, um, you know, it's, it's, um, I love doing it. But at the same time, it's... Um, <laughs> I guess it's a, it's a rabbit time. hole. It's a rabbit hole on those custom yeah. shops. I've also done a drawing for... I get I got obsessed with the um, assassination of JFK and the conspiracy. So I've basically done the same thing with all the um, all the characters on that day. JFK, uh, Jackie O, I've done the, um, the Cadillac they were travelling. I've broken it all down to like model kit parts. And it's huge. Right. And I did it and I suddenly thought, how's that gone to a guitar? <laughs> yeah. And I haven't worked it out yet. And I've done the, the, the motors, the cyclists, the, the, the cavalcade who were behind, who were following the car, all the, the police on the bikes. I've done all that. So um, that, that's the case where the story perhaps has overtaken actually the end yeah. product. You're not quite sure how to put it in. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember. Drew, um, Z- Zapruder, the guy who filmed it on his um, eight millimeter cal- ca- camera. So yeah. I've got him and his camera. And I'm yeah. just staring at it going, I don't know why I've done that. <laughs> but I've done it. I, so if I, anyone I, has any help. I remember the one time that I visited your workshop, I think you were struggling with the Airfix guitar at that point. And uh, uh, yeah, I think it, it probably, you, you know, another couple of guitars actually came out before that one made it out, you know. It's, yeah. Uh, seemed like that one was a long process thank god it's done yeah yeah <laughs> just but if, oh sorry i was gonna say one thing about the in terms of inspiration for the stories and uh thinking about when you're coming up with these things has it been a different process for thinking about a story that is for one guitar versus the story for the vintage guitars where you know potentially there's going to be you know hopefully hundreds of thousands of them made uh, and you know they'll be in a lot more hands than just that one person who connects with that story uh in in a extraordinary way yeah the same exactly the same process i mean the ones i'm drawing now they just have i know who would who's owned them i can see them sitting with it outside the you know their gas station or arcaded i can i can see who they are so it, it's exactly the same thing where the ideas come from There'll just be um, potentially more people that will connect with that than than the individual guitars, I guess. I think, yes, I think so. I mean, like I said, there's some things I can't quite do on the production guitars just because the level of detail and, and the expense does, it does rock it quite a lot. If the more detail work you have, the more labour, the more, you know, it gets quite um, businessy. 
Is there <laughs> is there a consideration for that when you're thinking about the initial design? There was last year, but this year I'm going, oh, let's just... <laughs> just do it. <laughs> let's just put more on. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's interesting because I've got... And I have a... It's, it's like my, my, my other work. We have ideas that just knock around for years before they actually firm up into, into stories. Because the best stories, you'll have an idea and it will just unfold in front of you. And then before you know it... If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. You know, you've got a, a middle beginning and a, a beginning, middle and an end. And I have the same thing with a couple of guitars that I'm staring at and they haven't, they haven't I haven't worked out. One is I've had some Blackbirds uh, taxidermied because I want to put taxidermy into a, an acoustic guitar. Okay. Um, Wait, is this for the Tumbling Cowboy of Hollywood? No, this, this, this no. is another one. But the, the problem right. is, um, and I can say that because no one will ever copy that because it's a stupid idea. But <laughs> I've got the birds, but it's the actual acoustic guitar. It's trying to get the construction correct because if you have, I want it to be open-fronted. So it's like a taxidermy case, you know, you have the glass on the front and the yeah. sides. So I'm thinking if I have a clear perspex top, I've got to work out the bracing of that because obviously you want to see straight into it, see the birds, but it's how I brace the sides and will the perspex take the um, pull of the strings once it's tuned up? Yeah. So well, I, I wanted to talk about this actually because, because of course, you, you're making a move into acoustics as well, uh, certainly with the Tumbling Cowboys and obviously with this. How, how have you found the, the transition? Oh, it's quite well. I'm actually there's a company called Stu Mac who do um, who bend the sides of wood for you because I just couldn't do that myself. So yeah, I've got the, basically they supply with the flat bits of wood, um, and I'm just going from there. Really, it's um, 
I've done some of the, yes, yeah, some of Flame Inlay. My friend who's um, uh, also in Brighton, a guy called uh, Joe Gagan, he's uh, one of the best marketry people in the world. Um, and he designs backgammon boards and he does um, everything you can imagine using marketry, different woods for um, uh, any project like chairs, tables, backgammon boards. And so I've been working with him quite a lot on um, doing inlay work with um, flamed woods and things like that. So it's fascinating because it's, you know, he's very, very talented, but he's also kind of teaching me how to, to mix the woods and um, just how, how that process can work and how I can start to not just do laser etching, but actually look at doing some really nice inlay work. Um, so I can't even remember what the question was. I'm so sorry. That's, that's, <laughs> that's often the way with these podcasts. It's, uh, yeah, yeah. That's um, it's super interesting because you know actually the, I think the first time that we met, you know, predominantly you were doing things like the uh, I forget the name of it, the the, the arcade inspired guitar, the Pac Man guitar. Yes. Uh, which I guess is in terms of construction, pretty simple, really. I mean, obviously, you know, it had some elements on it, you know, design elements and the character elements that brought a lot to the guitar but really it was kind of a strat you know um, yeah. and you know since then you've done things like the Les Paul Jr which I'm guessing was a uh, glued neck was that uh, the leather wrapped one yes that was uh, that was uh, I used the Gibson Jr for that yeah, yeah. Um, yes that's pleather I've used pleather instead right. of leather uh, and um, I, I guess the the step up to an acoustic you know it's quite a it's quite a transition in three years really to go from you know basically a bolt on neck guitar through to more complicated electric electrics uh right through to potentially a perspex top acoustic that's quite a jump <laughs> yeah i'm not sure how it's going to turn out i want to get the, the cowboy one done first the cowboy acoustics i've done the um, inlays for the neck um and i've done the back and i'm just trying there's just i'm a bit uh i'm always a bit guilty of putting too much on a guitar um because the best thing, the, the simplest things are the hardest things to do. And so I'm trying to make all the guitars look simple, um, which sounds an odd thing to think, but it actually is very difficult to do something simple. So um, I don't want to overload all these things with too much detail. Yeah, did, uh, I think you you said on your website um, that the inlays for the acoustic were going to be a, a flamed uh, eucalyptus yes. inlay. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> which sounds fantastic. Yes, I love. I, I mean, I have a love hate thing with um, talking about tone woods and the responsive pickups and things. I'm slightly, oddly, for a guitar maker, I kind of, I, I don't really get into that, or I don't get off on that. You know, uh, kind of wine tasting attitude to pickups and things. <laughs> you I'm need to plot about, wine behind it. You yes. care about you care about the journey that that wine bottle has made to uh, to your <laughs> hand, rather than uh, <laughs> rather than what's in it. Exactly. I just have, I mean, I love guitars and I just, I see a guitar and it's just, it's more a tool than it is, um, I don't know. So they're all, you know, instruments in their own right. And I'd see them as pieces of art. So whether a a pickup response has these kind of, these strengths and weaknesses, that kind of leaves me a bit, um, a little bit. Can I say bored? Not that. No, no, you absolutely can. We're into controversial opinions. That's great. (laughs) What have I said? But I just feel that I don't, I don't, I love the sound of guitars. I like the look of them. And I just assume how they sound is something you'll just work with. So as long as it sounds good, that's fine. I don't, um, I don't get into the cork sniffing elements of 
the millions of pickups out there because I don't I don't hear them. You know, I'll be honest with you. I'm just happy with a guitar and playing it through an amp. No, that's, that's simple. Absolutely chat. great. Um, that's that's where I that's where I am. That's very pragmatic. I like it. The, a very straight up approach. Yeah, because um, actually, yes, all the, if, if you look at the, all the um, the specifications of the guitars for vintage, I've just again I've done. It's come through my my mouth. You know how I would describe the body and how I describe the pickup. So it's not, it's, it's hopefully amusing, but it's something that, again, it's just like, here's the story of the pickups. Here's the story of the switches. Here's the story of the frets. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I just haven't done the classic, you know, cork sniffing on the <laughs> hardware and pickups. Mark, what was, uh, what was your favorite, uh, Joe Doe guitar out of the, out of the, the JHS, the vintage, uh, models. Oh, out of the vintage stuff. Um, Maybe you don't have to answer out of the vintage stuff if it's yeah. I mean, my favorite one of all time, uh, you know, of the the stuff that I've played uh, played and seen uh, is is definitely the the Pac Man guitar uh, because uh, I just that's love kind the, of the guitar that got you onto. Joe well, Dan, totally, yeah, definitely. You know, obviously, I'm into kind of eighties classic video games and stuff like that. But also, uh, actually, Ben, it's something that particular about that one that we talked about is the the way that the neck was finished. Uh, I know that you studied kind of vintage Ibanez and the way that they get that kind of like almost like dirty neck to them mm. um and uh, if you i don't know if you want to talk a little bit about the process that went into that for me that was kind of the uh it really goes to show how much thought goes into each of these guitars yeah the process for that was interesting actually because i had to do um it took me a while to find the right uh, yellow so i was kind of using Oh my god! I was using very strange graffiti spray cans because I thought well graffiti was big in the eighties, so I was trying to finish the guitars in that. It just didn't work. It was horrible because it was too soft to finish. Yeah. So it would dry hard. You couldn't really buff it up. Um, but yeah, so I got the right yellow in the end. But it was also, yes, you're right. The back was uh, relict as I guess what what are now old Ibanez's, which they take on a really grey. Um, the wood just sucks up the sweat and it kind of becomes grey as it yeah, oxidizes. it's like, like a raw maple. Yeah, so it, it took a while to get that right, but um, again, I, I love all that. And there's something I did. There's a guitar I did called the Sergeant, which was a jazz master. That was the idea was that um, a police squad in the fifties had bought it for their captain, uh, for their sergeant. Sorry, at the end of his uh, retirement. No, I remember this plot. Yeah, uh, and it was based on a Ford Farlane, uh, uh, one of those black and white police cars with the red lights on top. So that was the styling of the guitar. Um, but what I did, which I don't think anyone's ever appreciated, was the relicking on the neck. I actually did it as a really obscure jazz scale because I like the idea that the sergeant had it <laughs> and then tried to learn jazz. So all the finger marks on up and down the neck were just from an obscure scale. Amazing. The attention to detail is just ridiculous. Oh, that's fantastic. I love that. That is uh, that is brilliant. Brilliant um, or sad? <laughs> you decide. <laughs> I think it's up to the buyer to decide at that yeah. point. It's, it's yeah. meta. It's meta. Meta can never be sad. That's 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 good. Yeah. Into that. Um, I, I think I think in answer to my own question, uh, my my favourite uh, Joe Doe is the the Lucky Betty, um, but I I think that that might be because I I was um, a big fan of the Wall of Death as yes. well. Um, which has become um, your first endorsee artist guitar as well, which I think is definitely a, an awesome story worth talking about. Oh yes, that was um, well, that was interesting. I was that became um, 
So basically, I was just having my breakfast, looking out into my lovely garden, having coffee, thinking life is good. And then I just read a, a story on the BBC website about um, a Cambodian metal band um, who had had just the worst. It was basically four teenagers had just had the worst upbringing you can imagine. I mean, I couldn't imagine it at all. Basically, their, their parents, they'd lost parents because the whole, all their families um, scavenged the scrap heaps uh, to make a living in Cambodia. Um and I just, I just, I was just so upset by that. But I understood that there were teenage boys who were had very troubled lives, but were trying to make um, make their world better by playing heavy metal. Um, and so I, I, I got in touch with them, um, and I said, "I have to give you my, I have to give you a guitar because it was just so, you know, they're they're still struggling. Um, they're trying to start a little recording studio, and they're printing T-shirts." Um, and they're trying to become something which is which is amazing. It, they're much stronger and driven than I could ever be. Um, and so I thought the very least I could do is just send them my my best guitar, which I did. Um, and I cannot believe it got there. Un, just it got there unmarked, unscathed, all the way down to Cambodia. And they don't even have postcodes in Cambodia. It was just a very small address, and so <laughs> wow. it was like a week of sweating. But. It went to the charity where the the, the, the um the is a, a charity worker who works with the teens, and and it got to them and and he's he's loving it. Vichy, he's he's the guitarist, um, and it just makes me weep really. Just that, oh my god, these, these boys they're just trying so hard in horrible circumstances. It so they, was, um, it's an absolutely amazing story. Uh, the the charity is Mums Against Poverty that yes. that, uh, that that worked uh, with, well, I guess to to get him the guitar. But I thought this was. Bear in mind, I, I I was very much like this was this is your best guitar. I thought what an incredible story to 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 add to the legacy of this guitar. Yeah, I mean, if, I don't know. I'd, I'd give them all away. I really don't. <laughs> I'm just doing it for the fun. It's always that that's that's why I do it. When it stops becoming fun, then I'll just I'll you know I'll find something else to do. I think that is that's it's, kind of the key. Really, is that the you know when you go to a lot of these guitar shows. There's a lot of brands that are producing. Uh, when we're talking about boutique builders, there's a lot of people that are producing similar stuff, and it's all incredibly high quality. And you know, it's all very much a great alternative to you know, if you're looking at the big classic brands. There's 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 certainly other things out there that are very hand built with the greatest woods and the greatest pickups and the highest spec and you know mm. the most brilliant finishes, but. To me, that's kind of boring, you know, and I think to a lot of people, you know, they'd still rather have the big name brand on the headstock, even if they're buying a superior, if they're not, you know, if they're buying an inferior product, sorry. Um, But the, uh, yeah, that's what stands out about your stuff is that, you know, the big brands are not going to build anything like uh, yours. And there's such a kind of sense of fun in all of it. Um, you can see how they've become so popular and, and, and grown out into this this production line as well. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll have to see how that goes, really. We, we've, we did really well at, at NAMM. Um, and again, I, I felt a slight imposter because I was just there to, to you know, um, just to talk about my guitars, which is odd. But I guess... Um, Imposter in that I was there with um, all the JHS team and they were just doing sales meetings all day. And they were just like, oh my God, these guys are so professional. Yeah. And I'm just stand, standing there going, yeah, well, you know, this is a, based on a, a prison warden. You know what I mean? Just, just like, <laughs> I felt like, a, I don't know. It's, it's very exposing to do that. But at the same time, I just thought, oh my God, what am I doing? 
Yeah, but I'm yeah. always thinking that everything I do, I think, oh my god, you know, always trying to always doubting yourself, but. Well, I think, you know, we're, we're pretty much coming to the end of the episode, but I think, you know, how absolutely incredible on top of having probably one of the most unique custom shops. Um, that doesn't take permissions. Around. <laughs> well, they, yeah. <laughs> custom shop where the only person uh, who wants the custom guitars is yourself. You know, And that's why uh, it's yes. the most unique custom shop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm but, the happiest know, customer. but on top of having that you know having having no you know not like one or two eight guitars with vintage who are a a big deal as a company you know it it, admittedly you know vintage's shtick is is affordable versions of uh you know of uh guitars Mm. that you know and love but this was this was so left field for vintage and it, and and amazing of of Dennis to 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 do this because obviously he fell in love with the stories as much as we did. Well, more so. He you know commissioned eight guitars, well, and another eight. But yeah, you know, I think it, it, incredible that it's gone from that to now being guitars that they're not just um, you know they're not just cool and interesting. They 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 also happen to be incredible value for money. Like I can't think of a. I can't think of another guitar that's 700 quid that comes with a tweed hard case. <laughs> that's, no. that's, I, I actually can't think of another guitar that's 700 quid that comes with a tweed hard case, let alone eight uh, individual instruments that, that, you know, range from like part Telecaster, part Stratocasters to, you know, to telly thin lines with cactus F holes. Um, you know, to to things like the Lucky Betty, which is which is absolutely uh, for me a, a, a near perfect instrument, like a, a a super cool guitar. So I think. Oh crikey! Um, well, it is it is incredibly cool. I'm a I'm a massive fan of that. Mark, I did. What did you ever say? What your uh, what your favourite was out of the eight? Um. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I I uh, actually do you know what the one that I really like is the Jailbird. Um, You'd say the Jailbird. Oh, yes. I'm really because... into the text round the 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 where around the side of on the Jailbird. Yes. That was cracking. Again, I, that was just. I don't know. I had the idea, and and you know, Dennis and Paul at GSA, they didn't say what. You know, they just went yeah, sure. And so when I said <laughs> it doesn't have any, you know, basically it has a. I do not cross sign on the back of the neck past the twelfth fret. It has it has barbed wire on the twelfth fret, so you can't, you're not supposed to play above the twelfth fret <laughs> because of the story of the warden. You know, not wanting the guitarist to in, you know incite riots, so you have to play very kindly and calmly down the bottom of the neck. And they just go, it's, yeah, sure, that's great. Amazing. It's, it's, okay. the te- it's the text under the scratch plate as well that's so good. The it's the property of the whatever the the penitentiary oh, so yes. yeah is it yeah. <laughs> and we buried so a good i buried a pickup under there as well that was smuggled in again part of the story of <laughs> the inmates weren't happy enough with just the bridge pickup so yeah. amazing the the <laughs> that's the one for me the story's so good and there's just little touches on that yeah the jailbird is uh i love it it's good Very i cool can't indeed. believe they let me get away with it i can't believe <laughs> it. <laughs> um well that that is about all we have time for on this week's episode of the friday special so it has been absolutely wonderful having you on this episode ben oh you're very um, kind joe 
thank you so much for for you know taking the time to to chat with us it's been great kind of you know getting behind the scenes with these guitars that have obviously impacted on on me and mark and the rest of the guitar heads so much so you know thank you very much for for coming on oh no thank you for having me uh, well, you can, of course, catch more Guitar Nerds over on Patreon on patreon.com forward slash Guitar Nerds. And you can join us on any of the major social platforms with at Guitar Nerds. Uh, we're going to be back next week with our regular episode on Wednesday and another Friday special on Friday. So we'll catch you then for more of this guitar nerdery. Farewell. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.